Welcome to the BAPS Better Living Podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with us today. Each episode in this podcast aims to inspire us to take a step back from our busy lives and to actively listen to content that can enlighten us towards expanding our consciousness and deepening our spirituality. Listen in and let this episode inspire you. Let it encourage you to have fruitful introspections and most importantly, let it help you be better and do better. In case there is a loss in cabin pressure, oxygen masks will deploy from the ceiling compartment above you. Please make sure to secure your own mask before assisting others. Anyone who has ever taken a flight can recognize this phrase from the initial safety briefing. But it's that second part that always gets me thinking. Please make sure to secure your own mask before assisting others. Even in the direst of situations, when our instinct might be to reach out and help our loved ones, it is imperative that we help ourselves first. Why? Because if this were to happen on a flight, we simply would not be able to assist anyone else if we had not properly secured our own masks first. Of course, this is a harrowing and unlikely example. Statistically speaking, the vast majority of us will never be placed in such an in-flight emergency. However, the metaphor nonetheless can easily translate to our day-to-day -day lives. Many of us may struggle to secure our own masks, to care for ourselves amidst caring for the people around us. I find that this is especially true for women, as we tend to take on more providing roles. I've witnessed this with my mother, who has, on top of her accounting career, also worn various other hats. As early as I can remember, she has been my personal baker, packing for me eggless desserts anytime classmates celebrated their birthdays. She's my very own organizer throughout middle and high school, being actively involved in all of my extracurriculars and keeping track of my dance lessons, school meetings, and everything else in between. And it's not just me. She so naturally takes care of everyone around her. She is a selfless master chef, always catering to our family's picky palates and trying to convince us she's not even hungry when there's only one slice of pizza left and somebody else wants it. She remembers our entire family and friend group's birthdays and anniversaries without a social media notification. She is our very own at-home doctor. Is there anything a little bit of her turmeric remedy can't fix? And my own personal favorite stylist. Will I ever learn on to put on a sari without her? Her natural tendency has always been to put me and my family first, and herself last. I think this is the case for many mothers, whose limits of self-sacrifice seem to know no bounds. Self-care is a concept unfamiliar to them because their love language is simply providing for those around them. Reflecting, I find that I too grapple with this, although perhaps not to the same extent. I hold various identities, daughter, sister, friend, and I value maintaining these relationships and expressing my care for the people around me. So how can I reconcile this innate desire to take care of others first while still balancing taking care of me too? 
Can I really show up as the best version of myself for others if I don't take the time to care for myself first? Ironically, when my energy is exhausted, it affects my interpersonal relationships, and I'm not even my best self around the people I love. I've experienced burnout multiple times over the past few years, which has led to reduced mental effectiveness, anxiety, and frustration. Through these experiences, I've grown to understand that self-care is a necessity. We often see the word self-care tossed around on social media. Self-care can mean different things for different people. For some, putting on a face mask and relaxing in the hot tub after a long day is self-care. For others, getting in a daily morning workout is their form of self-care. Yet for others, connecting with their loved ones regularly serves this self-care function. Personally, for me, spiritual self-care is the most significant self-care ritual in my life. Spirituality has always been an integral component of my life, as my faith cements my sense of purpose and being. Ever since I was a young girl, my spirituality has been my anchor, guiding me through the ups and downs of life. It is only natural then, that if spirituality guides me in all other aspects of my life, I integrate spirituality into my self-care as well. I recently came across a quote and was struck by it. It goes, And if I asked you to name all the things you love, how long would it take for you to name yourself? I started to wonder, if asked to make such a list, I'd certainly think about all the people who I cherish in my life, but I don't know that I'd think of myself. But the relationship we have with ourselves is the most important of them all. Think about it. Our whole inner world for the entirety of our existence is nothing but a continuous conversation with our own self. It is the most intimate relationship we will ever have. I cannot begin to know and understand others unless I take the time to know myself first. That is why my spiritual self-care ritual is centered on introspection. Introspection has long been used in psychology as a means by which to examine one's thoughts and emotions to increase self-awareness. Yet, research has shown that ineffective introspection can actually do more harm than good. Dr. Tasha Yurich, organizational psychologist and New York Times bestseller, has found that our brains can mislead us if we ask ourselves only why questions during introspection. Because these types of why questions can uncover unhelpful and unproductive answers. It can also lead to fixating on our problems rather than learning to move forward in a healthy manner. Dr. Yurich uses a tool called What Not Why to explain the difference between the types of questions we ask ourselves during introspection. She writes, why questions can draw us to our limitations. What questions help us see our potential? Why questions stir up negative emotions? What questions keep us curious? Why questions trap us in our past? What questions 
help us create a better future. In the Hindu faith, introspection, known as antardrashti, is a critical component of one's spiritual journey. In the BAPS scripture, the Satsang Diksha, Guru Hari Mahanswami Maharaj has written, With a composed mind, one should introspect every day. What have I come to accomplish in this world? And what am I doing? Shlok 145 Mahanswami Maharaj's what question comprises the heart of my spiritual self-care. Reflecting on my values in this way helps me to understand what drives me and then analyze whether my daily actions are in alignment. My legal profession is such that, by nature of our work, I'm often surrounded by people who are a bit more aggressive and brash. Recently, while working in a pro bono clinical legal setting, I was told by a supervisor that I am too nice in my client interactions. Hearing their comment, I felt pressured to adopt a more forceful demeanor, even though it didn't feel right for me. Because this hardened disposition was not natural to me, I became anxious and my client interactions felt theatrical, which ultimately negatively impacted my rapport with my clients. At the end, neither my clients nor I felt at ease. As I introspect on that incident now, I ask myself, what have I come to accomplish? Of course, I want to climb the corporate ladder and I aspire for a successful career in law. But ultimately, when I think about the purpose of my life, I reflect on my Guru Pramukhsami Maharaj's maxim, in the joy of others lies our own. I recognize that following in his footsteps, by being kind in my interaction with others and creating joy for others, this is paramount to me. That is what I want to accomplish in this world. With my clients, I want them to feel comfortable sharing vulnerable, intimate details of their lives with me. And to cultivate this kind of trust, I want to be gentle in my conversations with them. Of course, I could adopt the stereotypical traits of the profession to fit in, but I would rather hold on to being soft because that is what matters to me. When I choose the latter in serving my clients, I feel more confident and at ease. My connection with clients is stronger when I come from a place of tender care. When I know the value of gentleness and hold on to it in my professional life, I am able to show up as my most authentic self in these spaces. In this way, spiritual self-care has cemented the way I view and conduct myself in these settings, which has enhanced how I serve and relate with others. As a South Asian American woman in a non-traditional profession, my spiritual self-care has helped to ground me and ensure that I am not adopting behavior that conflicts with my core values and identity. If you think you don't have time for this kind of introspection, think again. Spiritual self-care is not merely an option. It is a necessity. If we do not have time to analyze our relationship with ourselves, we will never reach the zenith of our relationship with others. How many times a day do we hear or say the phrase, I'm so tired? Sometimes 
The kind of tiredness we feel isn't the type that a good night's rest can mend. Sometimes, the exhaustion we feel is more of a spiritual void, from feeling like our actions are not grounded in who we are and what really matters to us. Next time you feel drained in such a moment, look inwards and assess your relationship with yourself. Ask yourself what questions. What makes me feel fulfilled? What motivates me? What nourishes my soul? Then, evaluate your responses to better build your interpersonal relationships around them. Commit to securing your own mask first. The people around you will thank you for it. And more importantly, you'll thank yourself too. As women, we often believe that we have infinite resilience, and perhaps we do. Yet, when making that list of all the people we need to take care of, we must also learn to include ourselves. This type of practice and self-care can be the balancing force to complement our inner resilience. Here's to reflective, resilient, and radiant women. May we know them, may we honor them, may we be them. We hope you enjoyed this Better Living episode and that it added value to your life. All the content on this channel, including this episode, is created and managed entirely by swamis and volunteers of BAPS from around the world. Our volunteers are continuously inspired by the sincere, transparent, and selfless lives of Pramukh Swami Maharaj, the late guru of BAPS, and Mahan Swami Maharaj, the current guru of BAPS. Their character, their teachings, and their service to humanity have inspired millions of people of all backgrounds, faiths, and cultures throughout the world. They have encouraged all, regardless of one's beliefs, to live a mindful, balanced, and harmonious life. The episodes in this Better Living podcast are directly inspired by their teachings. If you enjoyed this episode and would like more content that inspires you to be better and to do better, Follow us on Instagram and YouTube by searching for BAPS Better Living. Thanks again for choosing to spend your time with us today.